0: Welcome to the STEM Sync Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal McLean, amplifying unique life stories to encourage and motivate people of color with an interest in science, technology, engineering, and math. As a black female engineer, I found that a key resource that kept me encouraged along my education and career pursuits is something we often overlook and that is people. My hope is to leave listeners feeling empowered while gaining insight on endless opportunities along the STEM education and career pathway. Thanks for joining me today for a candid conversation as guests share their journeys and resources to help you reach beyond your untapped potential, connecting you to purpose. Now let's sing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the wonderful stem sync podcast. I have the pleasure of having another one of my mentees on this wonderful episode. I'm so glad that we were able to connect because you know, she's a busy woman and she got her life going on and everything now that she all grown or whatever. Um, So welcome prototypes, please welcome is Jalen Dorsett. Hey, Jalen. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. So tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, Okay, I mean, there's so much to say, and yet nothing comes to mind. But (laughs)
0: it's all good. I
1: um I'm from Long Branch, New Jersey. I graduated from Delaware State University in 2021 with a degree in engineering physics, um, a concentration in bioengineering, Um, and somehow that led me to going to get a PhD in um, environmental engineering. But I Took a step back from that, but we'll talk about that later. yeah, that's the plot
0: twist. that's the plot twist, so go ahead, so now you're still in California. Mm-hmm. um, and I guess let's take a little step back and tell listeners about how we met. so I'm gonna pitch it to
1: you to see what your what your version of the story is. Well, you know, I think we talked one time, and I think you got this story mixed up, but I was like, oh, I'll have time to tell it <laughs> later, but we actually met outside of the woman's bathroom at BAYA which Mm -hmm. is black engineer of the year awards that was that was the year that you won Mm -hmm. so which Mm -hmm. was cool but um one of my friends that I went to school with at the time she had met you in the bathroom and like I guess she started talking I was super nervous to even talk to anyone Mm -hmm. but then you know she introduced us and it kind of went from there I was like you know Super nervous. I really didn't talk as much as I do now. Even sometimes I'm a little nervous, but it was Mm -hmm. really nice meeting someone who basically is doing what you want to do in the future. So it was really cool. And I'm glad we met. And we're still in contact.
0: That is the story. So the the part that I remember is that we... Because I got your friend's information. I think I got your information. And I thought your friend... I don't know if we... I know I introduced, I think, her to one of my good friends.
1: Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. she was
0: doing the same major, I think, like, biomedical or something. And I was just like, oh, you know, what well, she might be interested, you know, Heather might be able to help her out. Um, and then you and I just kept in contact. And I was just like, oh, no, I'm going to stay on you. Mm-mm, I'm going to stay <laughs> on you. And at that time, were you at Dell State? Yes. Okay. So you had yeah. already transitioned from...
1: Oh, the University of Maryland, Eastern Shore. All right. I spent so, my first year there. Hello. I need
0: y'all to hear that she is an HBCU grad, okay? Because that makes a difference in this whole journey conversation anyway.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I am, I, I mean, she's smarter than me. Anyway, we just going to say that. Uh, so Hi. did y'all hear her say engineering physics? Oh, no. because. Yeah. Anyway, she's smarter than me. Hello. Her grade point (laughs) average is is looking very lovely. All right. So that's how we met. And how did you even get started in the STEM? Like what made you even decide, hey, I'm going to go into this program?
1: You know, it was it was kind of like a mix of two things, I would say. I think my freshman or sophomore year of high school. My dad found out that if you took the engineering classes at mm-hmm. high, like in high school, took like a certain amount of them, you could be a certified engineer in New Jersey. But I just didn't want to do that at the time. I was like, you know, why are you trying to force me to do? I don't even know what engineering is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like this very broad, out there concept, especially for like someone like me who just always changed what they wanted to do and be. But then I met, like, an amazing teacher. It was, like, one of the only Black teachers I actually had growing up, honestly, during my junior year of high school. And he was like, you know, you're so smart. Why, what do you want to do when you, you know, go to college? And I'm like, I want to be a psychologist. And he just looked at me like, don't do not do that. You have an A in, like, pre-calculus, like the class he was teaching. And he was like, like, everybody goes to school for psychology. go do something in like math or like science like biology yeah. like engineering and I was like you know I like when you put it like that and I know that you don't you know like you're not forcing me to do anything he was like a really great guy what got great? like a father figure honestly what so great was this? this was junior year of oh, okay. um,
0: high school oh, so that's I a moment
1: yeah it was like really close to like going to apply to stuff so I That was when I looked up engineering. I was like, you know what? I can do biomedical. You know, that's interesting. And I just applied to schools to do that. And throughout school, I realized that engineering isn't really just one thing. Mm -hmm. It's like a lot of things and you can use it in different ways. Yeah. And I always wanted to help people. And I realized that through engineering, I can. So That's how I got here. Okay. Okay. So what made you settle on going to an HBCU? That was not really a choice of mine either. Like I wanted to go to a school in New Jersey with all of my friends. I was like, I don't want to move out of state. If I do, I want to go to like a big school that everyone's heard of. But then my dad started working at UMS, and mm-hmm. I went there and I was like, you know, this could work for a year. I could go somewhere else or a mm-hmm. semester. But then I, after that semester, after that year, I realized that I wanted to go to HBCU. I didn't Mm -hmm. grow up with really Black people around me Mm -hmm. besides the people who were demonized. And, you know, they were always called loud or rude or whatever, when it was really just like they were basically failing all the Black students in my school, unless you were like me, who was quiet and just did what they were told. So I realized that with the right push, anybody can be successful. And I think that's what I learned at my HBCU, well, both of them.
0: That's right. That's right. So what made you transition to Dell State? He he got a job there. I know. That's
1: right. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I might as well just follow my dad. I didn't really like the program at Mm. UMES.
2: Were you already
0: already declared an engineering major automatically? Oh, okay. I didn't know how it was. Okay. Okay. I mean, it is what it is. (laughs) Dad was like, come on. I don't want you having student loans come get this free education because i imagine yeah. it, like that's really like he's a fact oh
1: no it wasn't free oh it wasn't free amen oh okay. I don't, I don't no <laughs> it was well you know how hbcu are but, like i i realized that a lot of people go for the experience like i did too i would never trade my hbcu connections right. and experience but mm-hmm. they do have a lot of work to do when it comes to supporting students Understand. He was a job hopper anyway. So <laughs> they are like, you can't just work here and think that we're going to give you free school. But it oh, was mostly free you okay. know, with, after scholarships and yeah. some loans. My loans don't look bad as bad as someone who went to a private school like USC. So
0: listen, I'm okay with that. Listen, I understand. And every school has their stuff. Trust you, me. Trust oh, yeah. you, me. You know, I, you know, I know about that just going from down the street at UM UM umcp um at college park the flagship school it's like oh yeah that's a great school Mm, okay we used to be right up in them financial aid lines like uh can we uh can we figure this out please (laughs) yes
1: somebody do their job into the
0: phone something 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 so we all got our stuff okay so you decided so dell state it sounds like they didn't have a biomedical engineering program at the time so you had to kind of create your own program
1: yeah, it was you know the engineering program wasn't that big, so I guess they didn't really feel a need to have so many different you know like mechanical, environmental, yeah, civil, all that stuff. But they said, okay, everyone is engineering physics, and we're going to put you in concentrations. So there was bioengineering, optical engineering, and then electrical. And most people went to electrical because you know, so I mean, they, that's they didn't even have mechanical. You-
0: No, they didn't. I'm actually surprised at that only because that seems to be the the one major that most people tend to go to for engineering. I think that's the biggest program, typically mechanical Mm -hmm. and civil are the biggest programs. Okay, but at least they allowed you the opportunity to, you know, still make it work and -hmm. come out with a with a bomb degree. And also, you did a lot while you were there in terms of research programs and things like that. So let's talk a little bit about that. How did you get into it?
1: Oh, it was actually the president of Nesby at the time. You know, I just started getting into Nesby. I said, I want to get an internship finally this summer because, you know, the summer after my first year, I didn't, there, there was no, no one really told me, hey, you need to be applying at this time to get mm, an internship. Right. And if they did, it was like, you know, where do I start? You keep saying internship, but where, how do I do lab stuff? You know, she saw me, I was like one of the few women in the program, it was mostly like male dominated, but she was like, I'm going to take you under my wing. Okay. So she talked to a couple of people, like labs, a couple of professors, and I finally found one lab where a professor needed help. It didn't really take on that many students. So for me, I, I kept that position until it was from sophomore year till my senior year, till I graduated. Yeah. So through that, that helped me to get my first internship, which was at the University of Pittsburgh in the chemical engineering department. But it was for, it was something. I know he made it up. He told us all the time, the program director. He was like, I just made up particle-based functional materials as the title for the internship. sir." And just... (laughs) It had nothing to do with particle-based functional materials. I think that that's something that he was working on at the time. And that just kind of made the title for the REU. So, yeah. So, I ended up doing stuff related to environmental and civil engineering, which is cool. Okay. I did have to work with fecal matter from MICE, which is so tiny, but it's not so bad. (laughs) but it was really cool. It was cool. And that definitely like, once you get your first internship or job, you know, it's true what they say, like you just a whole world of opportunities just kind of opens up because then I applied to the partnership education program and that's through Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution. And that was a really good opportunity for me because that is where I met another i would would call her a mentor too. another black woman who basically ran the program for the last two years Mm -hmm. and she was the one who actually gave me a way in to talk to someone at usc Mm. so i feel like when you um you know somebody takes a chance on you to be able to get an opportunity or at least like have the chance to talk to someone and you have the skills and the background needed it just makes things a lot easier I just wish more people did that mm.
0: what do you think is preventing prevented people from doing that
1: I, I honestly don't really know what does that because I feel like I'm a person who likes to help I think it might just be this false sense of like competition I mean yeah you should be competing and you You do have to kind of prove in a way that you deserve a position, Yeah. but I feel like, especially for like recruiting season for jobs or internships, you know, if you see a student who doesn't have experience, you know, reach out to them, try to try to help them. What I did throughout college was try to be the best student I could be. And I think that naturally attracted people to want to help me. Mm. But, I definitely think that you have to just kind of be lucky to find those people. Mm-hmm. but I don't really I can't say oh, this is why they don't help people. I think it just is kind of a sense of selfishness. Mm-hmm. and even even if it's like I know someone who can help you or you should talk to so and so because you want to go to this school, like I just did that last week or two weeks ago, I met someone at um an undergrad. I think it was RU um, at USC, you know, and she's black and she was telling me I want to go to grad school. And I'm like, hey, you want to go to this grad school that three of my friends went to for undergrad? Let me yeah. connect you guys. I, I I guess it's just as simple as that. So for yeah. me, it's I can't wrap my head around not wanting to help people, especially yeah. if you have help like resources.
0: I wonder if sometimes people just feel like they aren't They don't know that how much wealth of information they actually possess and the power of just saying and offering somebody that level of connection. Right. Mm -hmm. I also wonder if people who are in collegiate spaces, and I know we talked about this, especially with your PhD situation may not feel like they're comfortable enough to do it because they've been only in collegiate spaces. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do I really have that exchange with somebody if I'm I'm still in this world it's you know what I mean like I think you had the opportunity to kind of step out do internships do things in a different kind of platform meet different types of people and stuff like that and it's not to say everybody in collegiate spaces they don't have that experience I just wonder if some people are just comfortable Mm -hmm. in where they Mm -hmm. are and and not really understanding how simple a conversation can be a connection can be and and what it can really do Folks don't recognize the power of their wisdom. And, you know, some people just like, you know what? I'm I'm all about where I'm at. You figure out what you got to do for yourself, right? The the big thing is the fact that you are aware and you know what the the impact has had on you. So you're going forward and doing the same thing, right? And and helping somebody else. So that's brilliant. And that's all it takes. You were also president of Nesb. Oh, yeah. Hello? I do
1: forget sometimes.
0: Yeah. And you were president of Nesby during a tough time.
1: Yeah. It, it was, um, you know, trying to boost morale when it's the first semester back after lockdown was a little rough, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I try not to be so cynical sometimes when I think about people's intentions, but honestly, it felt like the stuff that I would try to do to help only seem to be attractive when you know you can get a job
2: or an Mm. internship out of it. Mm -hmm.
1: But I honestly had to take a step back and realize that some people only have time for that. Yeah, You know, that was actually a topic for discussion during one of the presidential meetings, I think, during the national convention, where I said, I think they were trying to change something about The time when they had a an event or like a career fair or something like that I was like you know people rely on this when they have been working hard in school and just can't make these connections sometimes you just don't meet the people who can really push you to it in a certain direction sometimes Mm -hmm. it's really about like you doing it for yourself and that was kind of the attitude. That I'm learning that a lot of people have where you kind of just need to do it for yourself, or Mm -hmm. if you're not in a certain place where you want to be, it's because you're not doing enough. So I've been learning that lesson for a while now, actually. Mm -hmm. I guess it's coming on a little bit stronger now that I am kind of on my own Mm -hmm. in terms of I've had a support system built in in terms of school, but no one really talks about you know, after school, what do you do, where do you go? If you didn't make these connections, how do you get them? Mm. And that's just something interesting.
0: You know, my heart goes out to you with this whole process (laughs) that you're encountering. And we're gonna talk more about that. You are an advocate for people, so much so that you decided to change your major a little bit in terms of going towards USC, Um, because you started biomedical,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: had a little bit of a touch of environmental and decided you wanted to go towards environmental. And then I know we've talked and you mentioned, well, actually I kind of want to do more of the environmental policy, but before we even go into that HBCU to a private college like USC, what was that transition like?
1: That was, It it was hard. It was really hard for me at the beginning. I think, especially looking from like a grad student perspective, I would say because you hear the debate all the time online about like HBCU versus a PWI, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know, I never had to experience these things because I was undergrad at HBCU. But even you know, doing internships over the summer, like I went to an internship at University of Pittsburgh right and I didn't get that full experience of being at a school like that where people pay a lot of money and just the environment is very different Mm -hmm. um, until I got here so the first thing I noticed was just I don't know if it's like because I'm on the east like from the east coast or if it's because it's a prestigious school or who's going to the school but the sense of entitlement is crazy mm. so crazy something as simple as like moving over on the sidewalk when you're taking up a bunch of space and you know someone's coming in the opposite path mm. it's like a very foreign concept to people who are just living in this bubble of like privilege and wealth and mm-hmm. even when you talk to people who are um when you really talk to people and you can kind of see who relies on like scholarships and financial aid, I don't know, I guess it kind of ruins the image for everyone when people act like that. Mm-hmm. Also with knowing that it's a school like this where they have such a high reputation and that they, people pay so much money, you would think that the problems that schools face when they are underfunded would not be the same when schools are funded mm. but there, there's not that much of a difference you know they still hire professors who probably needed to stop teaching after a certain point they still hire professors who just are very tone deaf to like racial inequality and under underprivileged you know problems but they don't you know it just kind of maintains this whole system of elitism Mm -hmm. and I see that HBCUs but I guess I've never really like truly realized it until I got here where it's like if you don't serve any purpose there's no need for you to be here Mm -hmm. you know it's not as encouraging to make sure people get to where they need to be or overall just feel welcome Mm -hmm. it's kind of just like you're here do what you will with this experience, and come back and give us money later when well, you be, you know you make it.
0: Wow, well, I wonder if the you, you what you said earlier. I think about being in a, in a graduate program transition. I think also makes a difference, like you said, because mm-hmm. there might be the perception like you graduated, you did undergrad, you gro- you're grown, and we're going to kind of let you do your thing and not be as hands on because Mm -hmm. you are an adult you know what i mean like okay you're you're technically an adult to do your own thing but what i'm hearing you say is yes thank you understood however being a transition somebody who's transferring in i you needed that
1: yeah yeah i honestly did i i um you know obviously i know it's not the same you've experienced certain things people kind of perceive you as someone who needs to kind of have it together, because mm-hmm. otherwise, why would you be here? Having a system of people who are here to help that I didn't experience that going to my first year kind of just really seemed like it was a, I don't know, it was like, it, it was more of an image thing versus like, let's actually fix things that are mm-hmm. going on. As a girl and that's what I forgot to mention like in the beginning, you know, like as a grad student, most of the grad students that I've seen in like the school of engineering are people of color. Where wherever that's from, it, it, domestic, international, like my whole lab was people of color and international students at that. And I guess I thought that there would be a certain environment and dynamic that I could get along with because, you know, these are people of color. Yeah and the school seems to be very diverse so I shouldn't have any issues with asking for help because I know that whenever I've been around professors of color students of color we've always been like let's help each other yeah but it's just like this environment where it's like like you said like you're here so you're an adult so you should know how to do certain things Mm -hmm. but we're not going to take into consideration, you know, you might deal with racial issues from your professors or you may want to lean on us as your PI because you may be switching like disciplines. Like I I didn't know anything about environmental engineering before I got here. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought that it was just like undergrad where you take classes and you learn the stuff and then you apply it to your research. When really I took classes and it didn't really apply to my research and Mm. it was like how can I use this knowledge to get to where I need to be and it just it kept feeling like I was falling short and I like even if I was falling short or if I didn't know anything I'm used to like not even just holding my hand but somebody saying hey let's have a discussion about this Uh, because I'm your research mentor or PI or whoever yeah my advisor Mm -hmm. and I see that you're not getting it so I'm going to try to close the gap because I am the expert
2: yeah
1: but I I didn't get that I didn't see that Mm -hmm. I didn't even see that honestly for not even just my lab but a lot of labs Mm -hmm. it just kind of seems like a lot of people you know once they got comfortable would say hey these PIs aren't really doing as much as I need them to do, but we make it work.
2: And, P- and I don't want
1: to be be there.
0: PI stands for
1: oh, pri- private principal investigator. Yeah, that's
0: what I thought that's what I thought. Yeah. So, like the the person that's like the lead over the
1: lab. Okay. Yes, the, okay. your advisor. You know, the, right. the person who says, "Hey, you're doing this research, and let me help you formulate it right. to be." what it needs to be just dissertation at the end but i mean
0: so let's take a step back because you decided to take what degree you were doing a a dual degree right
1: oh no just the um well i guess technically at the same time i'm doing a master's while also doing research for the phd okay Mm -hmm. okay
0: but ultimately you were seeking a phd in which discipline
1: oh environmental engineering with
0: concentration in water water quality okay all right and because of your experiences and the challenges that you had that we kind of talked about offline too you have made the decision for your own peace of mind that hey i'm going to dial back and no longer pursue the phd program right Mm -hmm. what made you even select usc is it because that you made that connection and well, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So it just kind of naturally made sense for me to go into this program or was there something specific that, did you apply to other programs or was there something specific? Okay.
1: Oh yeah, I I applied to, I think it was five or six programs. And what I kept, an issue that I kept running into, I think with three of the schools, yeah, I did apply to six schools. So I got into five schools. I -hmm. didn't get into one. And I got into USC for the PhD. I got mm. into another school for the PhD. All right. uh, and then the last three schools, I was contacted by the school or missions or whoever. And they said, you know, we don't really have money for you to come as a PhD student, but come as a master's
2: mm. and we'll
1: give you some money, but we won't give you enough where it feels like it counts. So it kind of like, it was mm. kind of just like, USC was my safe option. I was in contact with my PI since the summer before, once I made that connection. Mm -hmm. And it just naturally felt like, you know, i always wanted to move to California. So this is my plan. Right,
0: right, right, Mm -hmm. right. And what I'm hearing also is that you didn't really have a community immediately. I know since then we've talked and you said you've kind of developed a community. How were you able to build that?
1: Hmm. I think the first thing that I got lucky with was talking to someone who was leaving the lab like right before I was coming in and she was saying you know if you want to apply to these fellowships you should talk to these people and all the people that she introduced me to or at least most of them were people of color which was cool and from those people I met more people of color Mm -hmm. and I was like okay I know these people now. This is a good start. Um, I went to the first Nesby, or not the first, but one, I went to a Nesby meeting in the beginning of the school year. And I realized the time and like the day was kind of messing with my schedule. So I didn't stay in touch with that. Mm-hmm. But I still kept in contact with like my one friend now. Um, and I had met her through someone initially in the beginnings after we met we kind of just became really good friends mm. and she's a black woman doing material science which sounds super hard to me mm. I don't even know what that is I still don't um but so funny. through her I met other people and kind of like once you start going to stuff and like especially something that really really helped me I forgot this wasn't until, you know, I moved in, I moved to California in August and it wasn't until February, I think it was the end of February mm-hmm. that I finally went to like the USC slash UCLA black student event. And ever since then, I like made a lot of friends at US or not USC, well, USC and UCLA for in grad programs. And it's kind of easy after you meet one person, yeah. but in the beginning, it's very rough when you move somewhere, especially going to school, and you just don't feel like you can really talk to anybody.
0: Yeah. So the person that was leaving the lab, was it because she was finished with her program or she was just like, I'm going to a whole different?
1: Oh, yeah. She was done. She graduated. So okay. she's okay. going on to a faculty position. Oh, wow. Um, so she was like, I'm leaving here's all my tips I can give you and here's some people who still go there and I was like thank you that's a lot of people don't really like you do that like you didn't have that yeah yeah yeah. that
0: was really kind of her and then you decided to expand your group by going to that event which Mm -hmm. was more than just engineering grad students it was just black grad students across the board right
1: yeah and that really helps like now I just have friends from everywhere kind of mm-hmm. and especially i don't know i don't think i've ever really experienced this until i moved to la i don't know if it's a big city thing or what because i'm from a small town but they have a lot of black events all over la so mm-hmm. there's like you know there's this thing called black market flea um there's this other thing called black on the block And then there's other events where there's just, you know, a bunch of Black people are going and you meet people. And that, you know, it really got me out of my comfort zone to move and have to make friends. That's a good community.
0: Yeah, it's important. And then, like I said, you made the decision hey, okay, this PhD program is not it. And now you are in a master's program. Mm -hmm. So, your master's is what exactly?
1: the same thing without the I guess still with the concentration I think
0: okay still within water resources Mm -hmm. and like I mentioned before you
1: you're a big on advocacy
0: because it sounds like you are leaning towards more environmental policy type issues and things like that how did you even become interested in that
1: well that's that's honestly initially what I wanted to go to school for was to you know work in policy and work with you know bringing resources to underserved communities and I didn't really know how to do that just because I was so used to doing the science part mm-hmm. I didn't really know like you know I said oh I could work for a nonprofit, but nonprofits I feel like you do a lot of work and don't get a lot in return and it can be draining so I was like you know I would volunteer, but I would not work at a nonprofit, at least not right yeah. now. Right. Um, till I have the bandwidth to be able to do that. So I I mean I did four years of engineering. I might as well just go and get it like a technical engineering degree to learn the science and learn all the things behind how do we get to this issue. Yeah. You know, why why don't these people have clean water just like in Flint, Michigan? Mm-hmm. But it only took me A semester to realize that a lot of the work isn't done by learning about the issue like it's like you need to know all of these things but also you can just kind of do what I did for the whole year and do literature reviews because I, I was learning how to in my classes at least you know learning how to approach problems scientifically but I feel like a lot of the issues are political and basically just political that's what I really like even talking to people in my lab they were always like yeah if you want to help people like you're not going to do it here yeah you know you're you're going to learn how to improve the efficiency of water treatment but you're not going to be able to give that water to people who need it the most like you're just cutting costs down and that kind of did it for me where I realized you know maybe I should have gone into that public policy or whatever PhD program. And Mm -hmm. I think I was just scared to take the leap into going into like the more humanity side of doing research because I wanted school to be paid for. I wanted to do what I knew how to do, even if it was a different discipline. I still know engineering stuff. So I thought maybe I could kind of do that, but I realized I couldn't do stuff that I thought would get me to a certain place I had to do stuff that I knew would get me in the room to mm-hmm. meet people where I could do certain things and mm-hmm. I realized that a lot of engineering programs engineers in general don't really get to see that side and that's why I really just wanted to make this change I mean I also was unhappy with my PI right. but that was a big thing. Like, I knew I was like, I, I don't need to be here. I couldn't go somewhere else with what I have.
0: Yeah. You decided to choose your own peace of mind and and self pres- self-preservation at this point mm-hmm. of what is needed. But you're still doing a master's. That's technical,
1: right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I halfway got it done. I might as well just finish, finish it, it off. Understood. Yeah. Understood. Especially if it's paid for.
0: Hello. Did y'all hear that? <laughs> especially if it's paid for. (laughs) Now, what is the ideal kind of job for you? Because we were talking before we got started about kind of looking for a job while you're going to school. What would it be? What's an ideal position for you right now?
1: That is a tough question. I Mm -hmm. still don't really know exactly what I want to do. I mean, Mm -hmm. honestly, if the stars aligned and The world was a perfect place. I would be able to go and work, be a STEM educator for kids, black and brown kids, you know, in underserved communities and just teach them about science, teach them about these are the things going on in the world. And, you know, you can grow up and help. You can do that stuff. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: I feel like a lot of the trouble I had growing up was not knowing what I could do. You know, Mm -hmm. what were my capabilities? I had never really thought about going into a STEM field. Like I've always been good at math and science and no one has ever been there to say, hey, you should do this Mm -hmm. until I went to high school and wanted to just go into psychology. But I feel like that's a really big need. Can't just wait until high school when you go to career fairs and you want to figure out what you want to do. It can't wait until you go to a college and you see oh this is what this college looks like but what can I do at this college it can't wait until you're past college and you've gone and you've done all this stuff but you really still just feel unfulfilled and I feel like it's because the potential is not tapped into when you're mm-hmm. younger you know I, I've done every lead I've gone to leadership conferences when I was in middle school I was in this thing called like the enrichment program and elementary school where they saw that you were doing a lot like you could do more and I just it always fell short so to make a long story short that's what I would want to do that's really what I want to do in the long run is be able to do that and that just be my life
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: to also go out into communities and try my best to advocate for them you know teach people this is wrong these are the issues that you're facing in your community and it doesn't just have to be, well, this is just how it is, or yeah. that's a shame. Things can change, but I yeah. feel like there's just not enough people who see that things need to be changed and will do something about it. So yeah.
0: One of the things I mentioned to you, I think, when we were having one of our conversations is looking to environmental justice. Yeah. And you know, there's there are whole executive orders and laws all about environmental justice because of these issues and concerns that continue to happen where we kind of think people are still dumping you know what has waste in certain locations you're like come Mm -hmm. on nobody ain't watch aaron brockovich and all those type of movies and stuff like we still doing this people are still doing it
1: people are still doing it
0: so one thing i really did you look into environmental
1: justice at all yet i'm not gonna lie i haven't Girl. only because i forgot
0: <laughs> okay well please make that something that you look into because i think that hearing what you're saying as far as the the, the community aspect and stuff like that that's where you really want to go into that and why not pursue your phd in po- in environmental policy
1: i i honestly think i will now yeah just because i i i realized that i i'm not a person who can just do like keep their head down and do the job anymore. Like, I feel like I was like that my whole life, and I realized mm-hmm. it gets you somewhere, but not where you want to be. Right. So, I definitely think that I'm gonna, you know, after I finish this master's, or not after, but while I'm finishing this master's, I will be looking into PhD programs and applying and just trying to figure out how do what I want to do mm-hmm. versus just saying I think I need to do this
0: sure the beauty of it is that you know what you want to do and I when I look back and think and reflect on my story as far as me starting off Kemi, getting a chemi degree and then going into my master's of an, in environmental the four-year degree which for me was five and a half amen I took my little time to get my chemical engineering degree the chemi degree, though, the undergrad degree just kind of sets the tone for what's possible. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times people don't know what they want to do until they are introduced to more things and the light bulb starts to go off. I got into environmental because I was introduced during a women in science program, you know, women engineering program. Hey, you can be out in the field and do all this environmental stuff. That's pretty tight. That's what made me go back for my. Well, I got fired from my first job, but then I ended up going back for my masters. For that reason, I was like, I need to learn. Right. And I, and it sounds like you're doing the same thing. Like, let me learn the technical stuff first, and then eventually I can get comfortable going into the other side of things because you can actually talk to. Yeah, just the technical aspect of things, the science behind it. That said, you definitely need to direct your, yourself towards positions that are environmental justice. And I say that because. Then in talking to people in that area, in that realm, you'll be able to kind of find out what the backgrounds are of those individuals that will allow you to kind of say, "Okay, I'm on the right track for pursuing this program or, man, they talk about this program a lot. This must really be a good program. You know, it might not be at USC. It might be at UCLA. It might be at, you know, a whole nother university or whatever have you that's more um, affordable. Hello. And, (laughs) you know, And just a a, a really good um, experience overall, please look into environmental justice. That's the last thing I'm gonna say about it. That's the last thing I'm gonna say. I'm I'm gonna follow up with you on it. Um, But I know EPA has a lot of kind of community workshops and trainings Mm -hmm. just on that. Um, So definitely something to look into. If you could talk back to yourself when you started engineering is there anything that you would say that you would do differently or what advice would you give yourself young Jalen as she's at, even at Eastern shore, what would you say to yourself?
1: Oh, wow. Um, I would definitely say that I should definitely treasure every person that I come across who would mm-hmm. give me some type of advice. You know, I feel like I was very, um, closed off and stubborn I felt like I knew everything you know don't tell my dad because that's what he always says but I still feel like I should have tried new things also too like I think I was like I picked a path I'm just gonna stay on it that's it Mm -hmm. if I have to deal with issues I'll just deal with them but I realized that like I was missing a lot of advocacy for myself and just kind of doing things just because you know the opportunity was given but I feel like I missed out a lot on just kind of listening to people and their experiences and their perspective if I felt like I wasn't going to get anything out of it if you're not offering offering me an opportunity I'll listen but like I'm not going to follow up with you I don't really care but I'm realizing more and more that Sometimes you need to network, not just to get something specific out of it, like a physician, but you need to network because you value perspective and you value changing your perspective, regardless of if it's like a total shift or if it's just this one little thing that I didn't really pay attention to. Now I'm paying attention to it because someone brought it up.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. Thank you. That's a powerful lesson to learn. You're absolutely right. People tend to undervalue networking. If there was one thing that the graduate program could have done better, just one thing, just one little thing that would have made a difference for you to continue in your program, what do you think it would have been?
1: Okay, that's hard. There's like so many issues (laughs) that I have dealt with and like other people have, but I think taking time to actually listen to students and really evaluate who you're bringing on as faculty or even keeping on as faculty, you know, just because someone has done all this work here and now they want to come here doesn't mean they're always going to be the best mentor.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I really think that having more open discussions directly with like, you know, people who work at the school, you know, they I think um Oh, I actually sat on for kind of a discussion panel type of thing you tell me between about that. students. Yeah, and that was really good for me to talk about what I was going through and other people that talk about the biases and the issues at the school, but it means nothing if it's not in front of somebody. You know, mm-hmm. you could type this all down and or tell somebody to watch these videos, but they're not going to care unless you really, you know, check in and see how things are going and once somebody brings an issue don't say oh that's just how they are like actually sit there and say that's unacceptable let's do something about it and not even just make it the student's problem to deal with it but actually go forth and make sure they are in trainings or if they don't want to go to trainings they don't need to work here anymore Mm -hmm. I really think a sense of overall accountability from who runs the school Mm. would be my biggest thing you know
0: that's i hope hope y'all heard that i hope (laughs) y'all heard that that's really insightful for you to recognize exactly what it was that you needed and what you wish you would have kind of seen in terms of implementation and things like that even even with all that you've experienced What are you most grateful for or what are you most hopeful for in the future when it comes to this entire journey of STEM thus far?
1: I think I'm really grateful for specifically all of the Black professionals, students, undergrad or grad that I have met because it really just shows how much I missed being at HBCU Mm. um, which honestly makes me want to get a PhD at HBCU like if they have more programs that was the biggest thing for me I couldn't go because they didn't have what I wanted but
0: okay
1: that was the biggest like that was the thing I was most grateful for like I felt like I could breathe a sigh of relief talking Mm. to someone and saying hey I'm going through this and instead of them being like well maybe you should do this be like I see you I hear you we can work together mm-hmm. instead of me telling you what to do. Like, mm-hmm. I want to hear what you're going through. So that was really, like, refreshing to me. It really helped me to be okay with the decision I made to leave yeah. my PhD because, you know, that was my that was my money. Like, that was my source of income, regardless of if it was livable or not, which is another issue. Yeah. But, like, you know, I, I had to make this kind of scary leap to say, hey, I don't want to do this anymore, Mm -hmm. and my security for certain things is kind of gone, so I need to know that somebody's going to say, it's okay that you did this,
2: Yeah, Yeah, and I got that. Yeah,
0: I'm so glad that everything aligned for you to have that support during such a, man, that's a tumultuous time right? Because I remember I called you or I connected with you. We were supposed to record before and you were just like, listen, hey, I got a lot going on. Um, (laughs) I just, I just need some time. I'm like, what's going on? Let's just talk. Forget the recording,
1: right? Yeah, I I felt so bad. I was like, I want to record this like episode with you and I'm glad that I can. But I just was like, I had to go through that rough stage where you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, did I make this good decision? Like, it's not even like you're constantly thinking about something, but it's like you can't even think because there's just so much you can't even process. So. Yeah. But I appreciate your time talking oh. to me.
2: Oh,
0: don't, whatever. You're welcome. <laughs> you already know I'm here <laughs> and to support in some form or fashion. That's why I'm on you about, you know, okay, we'll figure out this job situation so we can get this money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there a resource this is something i ask everybody who comes on the podcast is there a resource that you feel would be of a use of benefit to the listeners who are tuning into this episode
1: oh okay i've been thinking about this for a while it's super hard for me to like really decide on one thing Mm -hmm. but i i think i'll give two if that's okay that's fine Uh, so one thing for like any you know if there's any undergrads listening who may not have had an experience like at an internship yet or maybe are just having a hard time finding one I had really good luck applying through the portal for research for undergrad what is it research for research experience for undergrads that's what it's called R-E-U. REU. Okay. Yes, if you google that and you look through their list of stuff, like I know so many people who got their first internship through an REU. I did not hear about this from anyone at my school. Wow. And teachers, um, you know, students, I didn't I didn't hear about that and I wish that I would have sooner. So, if you have not heard of it, definitely tap into that. Mm-hmm. And if you can't find something specific you're looking for, you definitely should ask someone. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. ask someone, you know, like, hey, have you heard of this and mm-hmm. you know, have you heard of any opportunities um related to this because a lot of schools do it. I don't know about HBCUs as much, but the bigger um you know, PWIs that are super funded, like they always have those, so yeah. Definitely um and the U RISE program. I forgot that. I don't know what the acronym stands for, but I know it's something.
0: I know when I was an undergrad, I think there was like an O-Rise program, mm-hmm. but it, I don't know if it's the same thing. Cause it's I feel like different. it was like in Midwest or somewhere in that area, but U-Rise is another one that, I, okay, that has come up and come online.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: This, this is, this is gems.
1: R-E-U. Yeah. U-Rise. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, anything Anything like that where it's like, I don't know if it's government funded. I know someone funds it. So Mm -hmm. it's a certified like four to five, Mm -hmm. $6,000 for the summer. And it's a learning experience. And you definitely should, you know, look into that. And also therapy. Therapy is very underrated, especially when you're going through tough times at an undergrad, grad, professional Even if you just want to, you don't even have to be like, oh, I'm going through something super traumatic, but I had a therapist throughout this whole process and it made processing a lot quicker for me. It doesn't solve that feeling of like any bad feelings of, you know, what you're going through, but it Mm -hmm. definitely helped me to say, how can I move past this and how can I feel confident enough to walk away from something that isn't serving me? So definitely tap into that at your school. If you have insurance, look into one. Like they're not super duper expensive. So, or you can always ask for help. But definitely, I think that a lot of the people I've met in grad school, it's it's very common for people to have a therapist. So definitely tap into that.
0: I didn't expect you to say that last, really.
1: Moment. why
0: it's not a bad thing, oh, okay. I'm glad that you said it. I'm glad okay. that you said it, meaning man, people need to hear that,
1: okay, and even I'm if scared. you're
0: listen, even if you're a professional, you need to hear that. I gave a talk just the other day, and I put on there. Sometimes you I mean I didn't even put on the slide I said it sometimes you need to go to therapy for Mm -hmm. dealing with some of the stuff that you deal with and it's it's okay it's okay so i'm proud of you for saying that and being open about it and noting that you you got through it i'm actually glad that we talk now. Because I see you on the other side of this. And you're at peace about the decision that you made, which is a tough decision, especially when you are already hard on yourself anyway about things. And also your dad is very, you're very close to your father, as far as Mm -hmm. like making sure he's in alignment and champion. He's he's one of your champions. So I, I can imagine that that was a hard conversation to have to have. The fact that you set that tone now, as young as you are is going to carry you very far when it comes to how you deal with things in your career and everything. So I mean you. you're welcome. It's, it's just a fact. It's just a fact. You you know what you needed and you're excelling. You're excelling. And you're gonna be okay. Thank you. And you're gonna be okay. Well, prototypes, that ends this episode of the Wonderful Stem Sing Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and i hope that you enjoyed the honest and realness of miss jalen who is just i'm so proud of you
1: oh thank
0: you. you you're welcome all right prototypes until next time take care thanks so much for listening and i hope you feel equipped and encouraged to stay the course along your stem journey if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you are notified when a new episode is posted and share it with your contacts. You can listen weekly on your preferred podcast app or by visiting StemSync.net. I encourage you to become part of the conversation to help cultivate a network of support. Feel free to submit questions and topics with an email to podcast at StemSync.net or messaging StemSync via Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Thanks for the Link Up and Sync Up prototypes. Until next time.